So your right people are your ideal followers, your customers and clients. They are the people who just get you. With our right people, we're never left feeling like we have to jump through hoops to keep them interested in whatever it is we're doing. On Instagram, you'll find that they're engaged with what you share because it matches their taste or their aesthetic or their beliefs or just the things they're looking for more of in their lives. The things you say make sense to them and they resonate because your people can relate. The value that you're creating hits home and is effective because these are the people who need your work and can understand it. And I promise you, they exist and they are on Instagram. In fact, if you ever doubt that there's an audience for however niche you're offering or specifically narrow your work might feel, I want you to remember this. There is a subreddit on Reddit that is dedicated purely to eating oranges in the shower. It's called Shower Orange and it has over 62,000 followers. People post pictures of themselves eating oranges in the shower. (laughs) So whatever your thing we can guarantee you are not going to be the only one who sees its value and its worth. As a business owner, with the right people, we never have to be salesy. We don't have to give a hard sell because the honest facts of our products or our services are enough. Think about a brand or a product that you really love and how happy it makes you that it exists in the world. How much you want to just get more of it and you enjoy seeing content about it because it reminds you of this product that you love. That's how your right people are going to feel about you. There's a quote that's perfect for this from someone called Sally Hogshead, and I'm going to read it out to you. She says, vanilla ice cream is a crowd pleaser. Most people like it and almost everyone will eat it. It's easy, comfortable and safe. It's the gap car keys of ice cream. Vanilla is the comfort zone. Far fewer people, on the other hand, like pistachio ice cream. Pistachio is a distinct and polarizing choice. Yet the people who like pistachio usually love it really love it, crazy love it. While fewer people buy pistachio, this flavour has a competitive advantage. Rather than dumbing down its taste, it can focus on serving a tightly defined core with a distinct point of difference. The goal of pistachio isn't to please everyone, it's to engage a few people really, really well. Are you vanilla or pistachio? There's nothing wrong with vanilla, of course. I keep vanilla in my freezer when my goal is to appease the maximum number of people with the minimum amount of whining. Yet, while vanilla might be an easy choice for the masses, it's not necessarily the right choice for you. Beware vanilla. I love this because to our right people, we are the pistachio ice cream. And I don't know about you, but if I really crave pistachio ice cream, I'm willing to drive across town to the one place that sells it and past all of the places offering me vanilla. Now, sometimes our brain likes to put up a bit of resistance to this plan. It thinks, what about everyone else? Or vanilla ice cream is the only way I can get more sales or more friends or more likes or enough clients. But research and experience repeatedly shows us that this isn't true. Niching down to our specific work is the quickest way to build a successful business or a successful audience if that's all you're looking for. Speaking directly to our target audience in language they understand is the best way to attract the right customers or followers and repel everybody else. Wait, what did I just say? Repel? I thought we were here to grow an audience. Why on earth would I tell you you want to repel people who want to follow you? Well, there are a few reasons, but they all kind of boil down to the same thing. And that is that our wrong people pull us off path. It's not that there's something wrong with them, they're just wrong for us. So firstly... An audience that isn't there for what you really do is not going to engage with your work. 
We're going to see this in the later lessons about the algorithm, but the visibility and the growth of our Instagram content and our pages in general depends on the people who follow us being actively interested and engaged with the things that we post. So if you're a coach and you want to post regular self-care tips and suddenly overnight you gained 10,000 football supporter followers, guess what that would do to your engagement rate? Every time you posted a self-care tip, they wouldn't engage with it and that would reduce your visibility to the people who were there for the stuff you really did want to share. The second problem is that the wrong customers are expensive. So if you're a business, and especially if your business is quite new, you might not have experienced this yet. But anyone who has been trading for a couple of years or more is going to know exactly what I'm talking about here. Your wrong customer is always problematic. They're the ones that write you dozens of emails requesting really unusual specific support, or they're really unhappy with the things that your customers are normally delighted with. Nothing is right for them because you're not the right fit together. And in the end, they erode your time, your energy, your self-belief, your confidence. And most of the time they end up getting a refund or never even buying from you after all of that to begin with. The same is just as true for the wrong Instagram followers too. They're the ones that argue, they criticize, and they never convert into anything more. It makes you scared to show up and it makes you distrustful of your audience if you fill it with the wrong people. The third point here is that the wrong people create noise. As well as being this brilliant tool for connection and promotion, we know Instagram is an amazing place to conduct ongoing and active market research. If you're not sure what new product colour to stock, you can ask in a grid post or put it on your story and make a poll. Or if you need book recommendations for your holiday or help with a problem you're having with your kid, whatever it is, you can ask for help and you'll know that your inbox is going to be flooded with loving advice from people who know you and get you. All of that becomes a whole lot less helpful if your audience is too broad and too mixed. Your right people's opinions tells you more about them and often gives you insight into yourself and your work that allows you to create more value in future. But the wrong people's opinion is statistical noise. It sends you off down rabbit holes and it makes the real answers less clear and harder to find. The real truth here is that not everybody is going to like or need our work and that's okay. In fact, the quote in my diary today as I'm recording this is from Sheryl Sandberg and says, if you do please everyone, you are not making enough progress. We can spend all of our energy, our time, our effort, our talent on trying to be as mild and generic and likable to as many people as humanly possible. And then we can gather an audience of people who feel mild apathy towards us. Or we can be fully and joyfully ourselves. We can truly inhabit our brand and ourselves. And we can gather an audience of people who think like us, see the world like us and feel loyal to all the things that we represent. The more specific you can get about what you do and who you do it for, the more you will shine out like a beacon to the people who love what you offer in the world. It gains momentum and that's when we can quickly begin to grow a bigger audience, an audience that actually likes our work and that doesn't unfollow every time we go off topic and we show a picture of our kids. There are 500 million active users on Instagram every month. There are more than enough people in your niche to make you wildly successful, however specific you have to get. In fact, as we're going to look at over this week and the next weeks, all the algorithms and social media systems are actually designed with exactly that alchemy in mind. So this also means that whenever someone unfollows or maybe unsubscribes from your newsletter, decides to opt out of our work, it's safe to assume that we just weren't right for them. 
The chances are that they were always going to unfollow at some point and it's not something you've done or done wrong that's made that decision happen. They were never going to become a loyal reader of your blog or a customer in your shop or whatever your follower aim is. So we can just embrace the change and let them go. For sure, it can be hard for the ego. The ego does not like that, but it is actually quite good for our accounts. A healthy following, as we know, is made up of people who are actively engaging with whatever we share. So try and look at unfollowers as this process of refining and improving your audience to distill it down to the essentials. I like to think of it as panning for gold. So you scoop up a load of everything and then you add the friction, you shake the pan and you can see the rest of it fall away. The mud, the silt, the pebbles, the stones, all of that can go because what we're looking for here is those shiny nuggets of gold that are our true right people and are worth so much more to us. I want to give you some real life examples of people who have been caught up with the wrong audience and a little bit about how they could pivot that. So these are based on people I've really worked with, but tweaked so that you wouldn't recognize them. So perhaps you run a small family B&B in Southern England and your account aim is to promote that B&B. You build this huge following of 50,000 people thanks to beautiful floral flat lays, but you're finding that posts about the actual bed and breakfast are doing a whole lot less well. On analysis, when you go into your stats, 70% of your audience lives outside of the UK and most of them are not doing any international travel. Another one, you're a respected author with an Instagram account to promote your work. You post every day and you take about an hour away from your writing work, making sure you're photographing your process and engaging with your community. And you build up this amazing audience of fellow writers. You become kind of a leader in that community for free advice and for feedback. But you're finding very few actual readers are following your account and all those numbers don't convert into book sales. Or you're a blogger with a love for adventure and you grew your audience to facilitate your world travels. When you're at home, you have to share more typical lifestyle blogger content, cups of tea, things on the bed. And actually, you're finding that that's the content that's starting to perform best for you. Increasingly, all those dramatic shots of life on the road are not drawing the engagement you want. And it's your simple coffee flat lays and your selfies that are doing the best. You're being offered more work as a product reviewer and home-based influencer and less and less travel work and becoming increasingly frustrated about how your audience is shaping the opportunities you're getting. The common theme in all of those examples is the wrong audience. Still a really strong audience. They're great numbers. It's got great engagement. And there are really clear ways that you could use that and monetize it and turn it into something great. But it's not what the user set out to create. It's not what they want. So who were the right people? The bed and breakfast owner wanted to attract a young, professional, UK-based parent audience. Someone who appreciates great interiors, a little bit of slow living escapism. Maybe it's a woman and she does love florals and nature, but she probably lives in the city, so she doesn't have a lot of time to indulge in that for herself. She reads things like Kinfolk, lots of lifestyle blogs online. She's drawn to Instagram pages that show slow living lifestyle inspiration, beautiful family moments and achievable splashes of nature like a bunch of wildflowers on a bedside table or breakfast in bed with a view of the hills at the weekend. Not a huge pivot from what that person's already creating, but adding in breadth, adding in references to the actual business so that it can start to convert. 
The author, her books are for women aged 25 to 40 who have young children or who are looking to start a family and consider themselves to be liberal, maybe gentle, natural parenting, maybe a little bit alternative. So she begins to share examples of her own family, baby wearing, natural parenting that she does, alongside some really honest and funny accounts of her day-to-day mum life whilst juggling it with her work. And in that case, actually, what she also decided to do was start offering some paid products for the huge audience she'd built of people who wanted to access her skills as a writer, which is always an option if that's something you want to add to your repertoire. The travel blogger decided that her ideal follower was someone who shared a passion for adventure, but was unable to travel right now for themselves as they're too young or maybe they can't afford it. So they see her account as inspiration for the things they hope to one day do and a way to collect up tips and recommendations for their own planned travels, maybe after university. They're sort of 16 to 30, university educated or students, and they subscribe to magazines like O'Cumley and Serial. They're into photography and coffee culture and fashion and bohemian lifestyle trends. She knows so much about them, so it's easy for her then to start finding them specifically on Instagram and influencing the way she appears and the people she appears to. Hopefully that helps you just see the small differences in how we decide who our audience is and how we distinctively create everything with them in mind can make a huge impact on the bottom line of how it actually impacts on our big goal and dream. 